Hey, glad you guys are here. I want to thank you guys for coming. I'm super excited about this brand new series called Your Best Year. I believe God wants to give you your best year. And today I'm talking about, let's start off spiritually. What if God did more in your life than you've ever seen this year? Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't it be incredible to have your best year spiritually with the Lord? And so come on, someone get excited because I think that's what God has for you. I'm fired up. God wants to give you an amazing year today. I'm super excited about this message. You know, uh, my kids are, all three of my kids are super into working out now. They're all into it now. And so, you know, Mason kind of led the way, right? He looks like a freak. I mean, he's so big, right? And then Cole is super into working out too. And then my daughter Sophie is now too. So they're all really into it. And I, I will tell you, when I talk to them about this, or I'm like, Dad, you know, I asked Mason one time, Mason, how much of it is working out and how much of it is eating right? And he's like, about 20% is working out I thought, oh, that number's low. And he said, 80% eating right. And I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble. That is not good. Like, can we reverse those? You know, but you can't. So, so there's a, and then he will tell you this, dad, you got to trust the process. Because Mason is ripped in places. I don't even have places. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I, I don't know how he does that. But, but, but he says, you got to trust the process. And I will tell you this, a trainer would tell you, you can't skip the eating and think you're going to get where you want to go. And I want to tell you this right now. I want to cover a couple things today. You want to have your best year spirit you've ever had? then there's a couple of simple things you can't skip. You got to trust the process. Does that make sense? So I want to give you these four habits today. If you will do these four habits consistently, you will have the best year spiritually you've ever had. Because God promises it in his word. And so I just want to challenge you to take these four simple things. Do not confuse simple with easy. But they are simple. I mean, it's kind of simple. Just eat a salad every day. That's simple. Not easy. But simple. So I want to challenge you as I talk about these things, just ask yourself, am I really doing this? And so let's dive right in. You guys ready to go? I'm fired up. Let's go. Let's just dive right in. The first thing is this, Psalm 63. Look, look what David says. David said, you, God, listen how personal this is. You, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Wow. This just shows you the passionate pursuit that David had for God. First thing I want to encourage you to do is this, the first habit. Start your day with God by reading his word every day. Start your day. This might, you may say, oh, that's so simple. I know that. Well, I know it's simple and you know that, but are you doing it? Getting in the Word is powerful. Let me just clarify something, because sometimes if you're new in the Lord, you may not really understand this. Let me tell you, when we pray, we're talking to God. When we read God's Word, God's talking to us. So what I'm trying to say is, if you have a hard time, like, I'm trying to hear from God, I have a hard time doing that. Well, let me just say this clearly. You don't really hear from God, you read God. And so, yes, the Holy Spirit will prompt you, but... The Word of God is the clearest way God speaks to you. So I want to challenge you with this. If you're not into the Word, you're not into God. Let me say that again. If you're not into the Word, you're not into God. But if you'll get into the Word, it will really transform your life. Now, real quick, some people are intimidated by the Word. I want to challenge you with something. I really want to go there. I want to challenge you with this. Maybe you say, well, I have a quiet time. You know, that's the fancy word, quiet time. You know, if you're a new believer, you're like, what does that mean? I just sit there quietly like, okay, now what do I do? I don't know. No, quiet time is when you get quiet to hear from God. That's what that means. But, but let me explain that. Always have a quiet time with an open Bible. It's where God can speak to you through the Word. Now, I'm going to be real clear. Some of us have gotten so accustomed to reading through an app or maybe, maybe through um, a book you were given. And so you say, yeah, I do my devotionals. 
Oh, no, don't confuse this. I'm actually asking you to set aside your devotional and just open the word. Let me tell you why. When you are always having to go to another author's opinion on the scripture, you're getting a diluted version of God's word. God wants you to learn that he will speak to you directly from his word, interpreted to the Holy Spirit, to your spirit. Sometimes we've got to set aside those devotionals. I have devotionals. I'm not against Christian authors. I am one. Nothing wrong with that. But God wants to speak to me directly through his word. Now, maybe today, honestly, you say, Pastor, that sounds great. I'm just really intimidated by it. I've tried to read. It's confusing to me. I totally get that. A couple things in that. Let me help real quick. Number one, get a translation that makes sense. There's, there's two types of translations. Real quick, I'm just going to say this real fast. I'm hoping I'm helping someone today. The translation I typically use is the New Living Translation. It's my favorite translation. There's lots of different ones. The New Living Translation is what you call phrase by phrase. There's also word for word translations. Uh, because they're all translations, you say, I want the original. Well, then you're going to be reading Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. So if you're like me, I don't know those languages. So that's why I choose a, a trusty interpreter to help me, right? So this is interpretation, New Living Translation. It's phrase by phrase. Let me tell you what that is. Phrase by phrase means this. Phrase by phrase is you killed two birds with one stone. Word for word is you did two things at the same time. They mean the same thing. So it just depends on how you... So I actually believe, at least for me, phrase by phrase actually makes more sense to me, okay? But word for word is fine too. Word for word is like the NIV, New, New International Translation. NAS, New American Standard Translation, right? ESV, English Standard Version, all good. There's a bunch of good ones. But what I want to encourage you to do is get the Word of God like that. Now, listen, I'm all for the message. There's nothing wrong with the message. But that's actually not really a translation that's considered a man's take on the Word. Did you catch that? I'm not saying it's off. Please don't hear me. I'm not saying it's, it's off from God's Word. But it's like a poetic version. Does that make sense? So if you're going to study the Bible, I would go with more of a more of a pure translation. Again, I love the message. But you'll notice sometimes when I'm doing my, doing my sermons, I'll say, John 3.16 says blah, blah, blah. Here's how the message puts it. What I'm saying is this is giving us a different take, but it's not really direct. Does that make sense? So again, I'm all for it. And there's several other ones like that that are good, nothing wrong with them. But that's the difference in the translation. So I want to encourage you to get one that makes sense to you. It may not be what your mama, your grandmama reads. Like you may say, man, this King James one is, I don't understand it. You can get the new King James if you want, or you can just simply move over to the NLT, NAS, one of those. So there's a bunch of different ones. But uh, let me just tell you five quick things real quick about how to study the Bible. Okay, I'm going to go really fast. Okay, am I helping someone today? I'm trying to get practical for you to get in the Word. Okay. Oh, first of all, if you just start in Genesis, you'll be lost. You'll be like, okay, I mean, this is all about the creation, but I don't know how God's speaking to me through this. So I encourage you to start actually with one of the Gospels, okay? And so there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I love all four. My favorite is Mark. You know why? Because Mark is the ADD disciple, and I can relate to that. <laughs> Mark just gives you the snippet. He's like, in Jesus, it's like a highlight reel. Jesus goes to the temple. Dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun. That's it. And he goes on the next thing. You're like, okay, I like that. Like he gets it in snippets, you know? So here's how you know your ADD is if when you're reading something on, online, it says like two minute read. You like consider that. You're like, okay, two minutes. I can, I can hang in there for two minutes. Like what? That's how you know you've got some ADD, right? And so, but Matthew, is, you, you may say, well, I want to know the cultural context of everything. Then you read Matthew. He's going to give the eyewitness account from a cultural context. So you may say, no, I want details. I'm a detailed person. Luke is your book. Luke was a doctor. Everything is in super detail. Or you may say, no, man, I want to feel it. Then you need to read John. John was the beloved disciple. Him and Jesus were close. <laughs> they had this tightness about them, right? So any one of those is where I would start. Or if you say, Pastor, it's still a little confusing to me, then start with Proverbs. Take your Bible, 
and just take it and split it in half. When you do that, you're going to end up somewhere in Psalms. And when you do that, just turn to the right and you've got Proverbs. There's 31 of them. I love this. Today's the 14th. I would read Proverbs 14. You cannot skip getting in God's word every day and expect to have your best year spiritually. Catch that? You can't do it. You got to get in the word. So quickly, five things to do with the good word of God. Number one, meditate on it. It says, he delights in the teachings of the Lord and reflects on his teachings day and night. Number two, study it. This means really get it like word for word. What does that word mean? What does this word mean? Sometimes you just need a good dictionary in the Bible. You say, what does that word mean? Okay, this is what it means. Okay, got it, right? Scripture says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed for correctly. He's rightly handling the word of truth. So study it. This is another one we don't talk about very often. Memorize it. I know we don't talk about it much, but memorizing scripture can really change your life. Almost every scripture I remember are from when I was a child. And so it's great. It's hard to do as an adult, but I think you should still do it. But I can quote scriptures to you from when I was 10, 15 years old better than I can from how old I am now. And so I want to tell you right now, one of my first scriptures I, I memorized was because I was in high school and there's all these pretty girls. Oh my God, I am dying a thousand deaths. I'm trying to honor you here, Lord. And so I had a mentor say, memorize the scripture. And so Psalms 119, 11, help me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That scripture really helped me. So where do you need a verse that's gonna help you? Maybe you say, man, I'm just struggling with trying to find God's will and trusting as God, that God has a direction and plan for me. For I know the plans I have for you declares, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and hope. If you will call upon me with all your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. You tell me where you're struggling and there's a verse for it. In fact, if you really want to study the Word of God, I encourage you to get a good study Bible. But be careful. The top section is the Word of God, but then there's a delineating line, and then below it is commentary. Commentary means people who are smarter than you and I comment on each verse and what it means. It's good to have that, but that's not the Word of God. But sometimes you need the comments to help you. And listen, 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 listen. Don't skip over the things you don't understand. That's where the gold is. Take the time to say, what does that mean? Google it. Look it up. Find a good commentary. I like the Bible knowledge commentary, but there's lots of different ones. And see what they say about it. A lot of times, these people have meditated on that scripture or that book of the Bible for 50 years. They're going to know more than you and I. And so learn from them. Memorize it. Then pray to understand it. Psalms 119.18 says, Open my eyes to see the miracles in your teaching. And the last one, so important, apply it. What good does it do to know it and not apply it? It says in James 1.22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Whoa, you can know the word of God and be deceived. How is that? Because you know it, but you don't do it. That's like me reading a health textbook and saying, I'm healthy. No, you actually have to do what it says. That's when you become healthy, right? You have to apply the word of God. He says, do what it says. That's how you get in the word of God. I hope that helps someone today. Dig in, get your own Bible. And by the way, let me challenge you. You may say, oh, I have my favorite Bible. I love this Bible, right? Great. Keep your favorite Bible. Don't throw it out. But get a new one this year. Why would I say that? Because you keep going to the markings you already have in your old Bible. Listen, listen. You're not going to learn something new if your eyes are always drawn to something old. So I would encourage you to get a new, fresh Bible 
and open it up and make new markings this year, new highlights, circle it, mark it, write notes beside it. Mark up your Bible. That's great. I want to encourage you to do that and beat up that Bible, meaning that you're in it all the time. And, it, you know, by the end of the year, it shouldn't look so nice and clean because you're always in it. You're digging in it. I want to encourage you that a messed, someone who has a messed up Bible normally doesn't have a messed up life. So dig into the Word of God. It really will change you. I want to encourage you to do that. Get, your, get a fresh new translation. Order one today. It really will change your life. Number two, start your day by creating a gratitude list. If there's one thing our society is guilty of today because of social media, we have become ungrateful. We are so busy focusing on what someone else has that we've forgotten how God's blessed us. So we have to become grateful again. First Thessalonians says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. Whoa, 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 hold on. I just want to know God's will. And God's like, right, be thankful today. No, but I want to know, like, what job should I take? And who should I marry? And where should I live? And what should, God's like, yeah, let's start with being grateful. See, God builds on past successes and blessings. So if you will never recognize how God's already blessed you, then how can God build on that? So let's acknowledge all the ways God has blessed us. He's blessed us with health and with relationships and with family and with a job and with an income and with a roof over our head. And, oh, Lord, thank you for your goodness. Let's become grateful. It says in Scripture in, in Psalms 100, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Thanks, Give thanks to him and praise his name. So let him know how grateful you are for him. And number three, start your day with prayer. Philippians 4 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Well, you don't know my situation. No, no, no. Every situation. There's nothing we skip. No matter what it is, no matter how big or how small it is, take it to God. He says, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the first Thessalonians 5.11 says, pray continually. So I thought, rather than me just talk about this, let me show you how I do it in my home. I want to encourage you to have a place that you go to. That's your place that you spend time with God. I have a place. It's my front room. It's our formal dining, technically. But I, I, I just have this spot that I go and I sit. And I just spend time with God. And here's what it looks like for me. So I'll, I'll grab my journal and I start with something like this. I'll put the date at the top and then I'll say, dear God, thank you for who you are. Or I'll say, I love you. Or I worship you. Or thank you, God, that you're such a blessing. Or you're, you're my wonderful counselor, my mighty God, everlasting father. You know, this, we talked about that at Christmas. And so, but I'll just say, I'll just write out some thoughts of God. You know what I'm doing? Jesus did this. Jesus said, when you pray, say, start off with hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name means say the names of God. Why? Because the names of God represent his character. So God, here's who you are to me. You're amazing. You're my strength. You're my fortress. You're my provider. Just write those things out. Okay? And then once you do what are you doing? You're writing a gratitude list. Right? And then what I'll do is then, I'll, then after I've written a few things, I'm just thankful for him. Then I'll say, okay, God, now I'm going to turn my attention to some of my problems. Lord, I've got this situation. How should I deal with this person? What should I do? Lord, I messed up the other day, and I need to know how to turn things around. Lord, would you show me how to handle my finances? Show me how to deal with one of my children or a situation at work or whatever you're facing. Just write it down. Then what I do is I open my one-year Bible. You don't have to have a one-year Bible. You can just use any Bible you want. But I have a one-year Bible I go in my time with God. Let me tell you why I like it. It's got a little bit of Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs every day. Guys, I want to tell you something that freaks me out to this day. I will have written out a question. Oh, by the way, your one-year Bible, if you're like me, turns into your two-year Bible. 
I'd love to say that I'm consistent every single day, but give yourself a break too. If you make a note and you write your date, you know, date and you look at your next journal entries five days later, you're like, oh, sorry, God. Don't beat yourself up because it's hard for any of us to be that consistent. But try to do it daily if you can, right? But here's what happens. I'll, then, I'll date it. I, I date at the top. Dear Lord, thank you for all you are. I list all my gratitude things. I'm just thankful for who you are. Here's my problems. Here's what I'm facing. What should I do? I write all that down. Then I go to my one-year Bible and I start on that day's reading. Now, when I say that day's reading, the one-year Bible has a, a day of the year for everything. Like it says March 31st, this reading. I don't do it by that. I just do it by the day I'm on. So my one-year Bible turns into probably my two-year Bible. That's okay. Guys, how can you say you believe in the Bible if you've never read it cover to cover? Really? So I want to encourage you to read it cover to cover. I've got multiple one-year Bibles now on my shelf that I've already read through over the years. And I get a fresh one every time so I can do fresh markings in it. But here is the power of it. I'll be in the Word. I'll write down a question. Then I open that next day's reading and I start to read. And I'm telling you within one paragraph, I freak out. I do something like this. That literally just answered the question I just wrote down. It is crazy how clear God is. I had this problem. I opened the word of God. There's the answer. It's unbelievable how God will do this time and time again in my life. Now, I want to tell you something. The first three points I just had were reading God's word and then creating a gratitude list and prayer. You can do all three of those in the first 10 minutes of your day. What would God do in your life if for the next 365 days you spent 10 extra minutes first thing in the morning with God? That is sowing, last week's word, sowing into your future, sowing into your walk with God, sowing into your life. God will change your life through that. He really will, I promise you. Sow into your life with that. Last point I'm going to make in just a second here. I want to tell you a quick story. Several generations ago, in fact, around 100 years ago, there's a little boy. He walks into a candy store. And like any kid, who doesn't love candy, you know? So he walks in, he sees this giant barrel of candy. He walks over, he looks at it. The store owner is behind the counter. He sees a young boy. He realizes the young boy doesn't have his parents with him. He looks at the boy. He's got a little mud on his face. He realizes this boy probably doesn't have any money. So he says, hey, son, you want some candy? Little boy looks at him, shakes his head. He says, come on over here to this barrel. Reach your hand in there, get you some candy. You can take that with you. Boy looks at the man, looks at the big barrel, and just looks down. The guy says, no, 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 hold on. And he gets up and he walks around the counter and he says, son, come over here. Come here. I know you don't have any money. I understand. Just stick your hand in there. Get you a big old handful of candy. It's free. I'm going to give it to you. I'm the owner. I can do this. Take a big old handful with you. You can have the candy for free. Little boy looked up at him, looked at the barrel, and looked down. He said, okay, son. So finally he said, come here. So then he stuck his hands, the owner stuck his hands in the barrel, got two big old things of candy, two handfuls, and said, open your hands up. And then he poured it in his hand. It was so much, it spilled over the little boy's hands. In fact, then he was, he was grabbing candy and shoving it in his pockets, you know, and just loading up. He pulled his shirt out so he could hold all the candy, you know, he couldn't believe it. And after that, he just smiled, and, and then he started to walk out. And he goes, whoa, 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 hold on, before you leave. He says, son, hold on, before you leave. Why wouldn't you just stick your hand in the candy barrel and get your own candy? 
The little boy looked at him and said, because your hands are bigger. <laughs> you know how you can have your best year ever? God, I already know what I can do with my hands. I've already seen what I can do. But God, what would happen if I let your hands do something? Scripture says in Luke chapter, yeah. Luke chapter 24, Jesus comes back after he's rose again and he visits his disciples. He makes a surprise appearance. And this is what Jesus says. He says this, behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. And I love the way the New King James says it. It says, handle me and see. Come touch my hands. Handle my hands. See the nail-scarred hands. Come touch them. Come touch my feet where the nails were in. He says, handle me and see. What if this year, the best year ever happened because you did the last principle, the last habit that saints of old know changes their lives more than anything? What is it? It's you, you place your life into the nail-scarred hands of Jesus. What does that mean? Sometimes I'm at my desk at my table and I'm spending time with God and God just begins to move and I'm in awe. Sometimes I don't feel God move. Sometimes I just feel alone. You know, you can feel alone and be married and have a family. You can feel alone and be surrounded by friends. You can be alone in a room with thousands of people around you right now. You can just say, well, I know I have people that care for me, but do they really understand what's going on in my mind? You see, when you feel alone, there's about the time you finally realize you never were alone. God gets you. God understands what you're going through. He knows where you've been. He knows your fears. He knows your concerns. He knows your worries. Sometimes in moments like that, I have to get up from my seat. And I just have to kneel and say, God, thank you that you're in control. I think the best way to start this year is if you join me in kneeling before the Father. So I'm going to ask all of our campuses to stand to their feet right now. And as we stand, if you feel led, you can come forward and kneel at the altar right now. All of our services, the altars have been filling up. As you come forward to surrender your entire life to God, you're putting your life in the hands of the Father. When you do that, you see, His hands are bigger than ours. So He can draw out from His barrel of blessing, His barrel of grace, His barrel of mercy, His barrel of wisdom, of life more than we can draw out or even hold. So right now with every head bowed, every eye closed, you just come forward if you feel led. This year is gonna be different, but it's gonna be different because you say, God, I've already seen what my hands can do. I wanna see what your hands will do. I I've already seen what my hands can do in my dating life. What can your hands do if I just wait on you and let you take care of that? Lord, I've tried to fix the situation with someone I'm fighting with. I'm just going to sit back and let your hands do what I can't do. Lord, I've got a legal battle I'm dealing with. I've got a health fight I'm in right now. God, I, I know what my hands can do. But Lord, today I'm going to kneel. 
And I'm just going to say, God, what can your hands do? Jesus said, handle me and see. This year will be different if you say this year, Jesus, I want to touch those nail-scarred hands. What Jesus is saying to us as I was saying, come see how real I am. Right now with your head bowed and your eyes closed, God's saying, I want you to see how real I am. I will help you in your situation. I'm aware. I'm a God who loves you. You are not alone. I will take care of you. Whatever you're facing, my hands are bigger. Rely on Jesus. Handle me and see. Oh, no ear has heard, no eye has seen what the Lord will do for you if you will trust your life in the Father's hands. So right now, as we pray, as we sing, as we worship, would you surrender all of your life to God? Pastor? I surrender all. Lay it all down. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. All your dreams. I surrender. and your eyes closed. Let's take a moment. We're going to sing that one more time. I just feel led because I believe it's time. This is that moment. You don't just come to church to come to church. You want to experience God. And God says, I have so much more for you. Will you lay your entire life down? Surrender all you are, all you have, all your hopes, dreams, and fears and worries at his feet and watch what he will do with you this year. Surrender all right now. Oh, I surrender all. Oh, I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender.
Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you've never given your life to Christ, you can receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior right now. What an amazing way to start the year by giving your life to Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed across all of our campuses, those watching online, pray with us now. You can say this out loud. You can just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sins. And I believe you rose again. Please come in my heart. Change me from within. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you just gave your life to Christ, no one's looking around. Just hold your hand high if you just gave your life to Christ. Thank you. Their hand's going up all across our churches right now. Hold your hand high. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Rodfield. Thank you, Stone Oak. Hold those hands high. Praise God. We thank God for you. Praise God. All, all the way in the back there at Portland, we see your hand. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Rockport Fulton. Hold that hand high. Praise God. Thank you, Padre Island. Those of you who are online with us right now, if you just gave your life to Christ, you can put it in the text chat. Just text my hands raised or click hand raised right now. Maybe you're in our prison ministry. You say, I, I can't just click something. That's okay. Write us a letter. Let us know. And I promise we'll write you back. Father, thank you for those who gave their life to you today. Thank you, Father, for those who have surrendered their life to you today. God, thank you. What is going to happen this year if we trust our lives in the hands of Jesus? Handle me and see, Jesus says. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you that we have placed our lives in your hands. And we know you are bigger. You can do more than we ever could think, dream, ask, or imagine. We trust our lives with you. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Isn't God good? Can we just give God a hand right now? Thank you, Pastor. And all of our campuses, give these people a hand who came forward. Let's do that right now. Give them a hand right now. Praise God. We praise God for how he's moving. Isn't God good? What is God going to do this year? This is just week two. What's God going to do this year at Church Unlimited? Let me tell you, God is already moving. Praise God.